Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. I'm James Sweetman. Thanks as ever for tuning in. And if it's your first time visiting the podcast or downloading it, you're very welcome. I'm opening this week with a question. uh, And that question is, are you tired? Uh, I know I am. Um, I could probably add in that I'm also tired of being tired. You know, life can be tough and the last 12 months has been particularly tough. We've all been through so much, the upheaval of COVID, the incessant news, the statistics, the current updates with vaccines, the the challenges, the, the tragedies we hear about on a daily basis. You know, throw in juggling work and personal life commitments and all the uncertainty with fu- which fuels fear and worry and anxiousness. You know, movement restrictions, although thankfully they seem to be relaxing somewhat. Maybe cash flow pressures. Oh my goodness, the list could go on and on and the days tend to blend into each other. But, and at the same time, we're trying to keep the whole show on the road and it can be exhausting. And I often think, you know, stuff balances itself out because at the moment, of course, there's so much talk about well-being and self-care. So this week's episode is all about rest. Now, there's a bit of a background to this one. Um, Avid listeners of my podcast will know that a few episodes back, episode 99, in fact, I spoke with Marion Byrne, a great friend and a gifted coach and speaker. And she referenced uh, in our chat a TED talk that she'd come across on the topic of rest. And I found that fascinating. So I checked it out um, and I did more research and I came across the fascinating short, it's only 10 minute long, TED Talk by Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. I think it was recorded in Atlanta in America about two years ago. And what she spoke about when she was speaking about rest and the different types of rest really uh, resonated with me. Um, I don't know whether it was a good thing or not, but of the different types of rest she mentioned, I think I could raise my hand to every one of them, which maybe just supported the uh, the belief that I, I sort of knew I was tired. So as I say, in, in recent weeks, I've delved further into the topic. I've sort of made it my own. I've even incorporated elements of these different types of rest into my own well-being workshops. You know, so this week I'm going to take you through different types of rest. I've added in a few myself, you know, so if you're tired of being tired or like me, sometimes you can feel like a zombie in your life. Well, then this is an episode for you. One of the first things that really struck me about Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith's talk was that she mentions that there's a difference between sleep and rest. Um, and that's something that's sort of been lost in recent times. Um, you know, I remember years ago, I think it was my grandfather who used to say on a Sunday, you know, a man who worked hard manually all his life, but even after he was retired, you know, he'd say, oh, I'm just going to I'm just going to lie down for a rest for a few hours, you know, not necessarily sleeping, but just resting. You know, nowadays, of course, we can associate resting with crashing out and maybe binge watching a series of Netflix. And whilst that can be enjoyable um, and downtime, is it fully rest? I'm not so sure. You know, so it rest is not just about sleep, because I know if you're like me, sometimes you may be lucky enough to get seven or eight hours sleep a night, but maybe you're not waking up refreshed, you know, so you've slept, but you've not rested. You know, as Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith says, and I do agree with her, you know, rest is also a bit restoration, you know, so you know me, I like to play on words, you know, the first four letters of restoration is rest, 
you know, so posing you another question, you know, how do you rest? Do you allow yourself to rest? You know, everything we do requires energy, mental, emotional, physical, you know, and like many people, I can feel like I'm always switched on. Part of that can be our defense mechanism. You know, we're on alert for dangers, you know, physical threat, you know, the voice that says to you, hurry up and cross the street, that car is coming quicker than you think. Of course, in recent times, you know, the physical threat with, with virus infection um, is, is more present. Um, my heart always goes out when I'm when I'm out for a walk and I uh, pass people, particularly elderly people, you know, who are terrified to cross you on the footpath and, you know, how, how anxious they must be um, and how maybe being out for a walk for them is not really restful anymore. You know, and whilst with the mask on, I can't give them a smile as I would try to normally do when I'm passing someone on a walk. You know, I'll try to smile with my eyes or at least nod, you know. And then we can also be on alert and maybe not allow ourselves to switch off when old imposter syndrome kicks in. You know, we're on alert. We want to manage that sense of threat to our sense of identity. You know, oh gosh, if I if I just relaxed here, I'd be letting my guard down and bad things would happen. You know, and if you think about how the brain can still be on overdrive as well, regurgitating conversations from earlier in the day, even though you're physically stretched out in your bed or on the sofa, you know, and I've also found, you know, for me in recent times, and I'm thinking here over certainly the last year, if not longer, you know, if we're lacking motivation or we've the sense that we've lost our mojo or we don't have the same interest in projects that we're involved in, we're probably in need of a rest. We're probably just tired, you know, and that was certainly the case for me in the past. It was like I was trying to motivate myself, but there was, you know, there was no fuel in the engine. So this week, as I say, we're going through the different types of rest. You can probably think what some of them are, but I'm actually going to share eight with you. So there's there's more going on than we think in this area. So the first type of rest is physical rest. It's sort of an obvious one that, but there's actually two types of physical rest, passive and active. Now, passive rest is sleep. And I like to view this as sleep without waking up with an alarm clock, you know, or getting quality sleep. Um, and I remember years ago, and I'm going back 30 odd years now, when I started work initially in an insurance company, uh, there was one particular manager who after lunch, immediately after he had his lunch, he would go back to his desk and he would take a nap, you know, and he'd switch off and he would doze for about 20 minutes or half an hour. And people would know not to go near him because that was his quiet time, his napping time. And whilst I never spoke to him about it, you know, I got the sense that he needed that to be refreshed in the afternoon. Can you just imagine that nowadays in, in, in an office environment where someone just decides to go asleep for 20 minutes or half an hour and how frowned upon that would be? Um, but funny, we sort of come full circle with some of this because taking naps or at least breaks is part of the way that we can rest and restore ourselves. The active form of physical rest includes activities such as yoga or even stretching, massage, meditation, conscious breathing. What I find fascinating in this area is that the body has the innate wisdom when it comes to rest. You know, the way if we're tired, we'll naturally stress, stretch, or if we're tired, we'll also yawn, you know, request for more oxygen. I'd also add in here what active uh, rest is how we're fueling the body. Um, hydration and nutrition. You know, some foods fuel us or are good for us. 
uh, and some drain our energy, you know, take a lot of digestive juices, as it were. And of course, as humans, we're made up of what, about 80% water. So 80% of our intake should be um, fluids that hydrate us. Um, and if we're not sufficiently hydrated, we sort of know we get tired and we lose concentration. So it's all related. And if you think about it, you know, all the goals, dreams, ambitions, to-do lists, you know, that we have, you know, they all require energy. Um, and sometimes we just don't have the energy to give to them. You know, it's probably, what, 25 plus years now since Stephen Covey, the late Stephen Covey, wrote the, the famous book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And of course, the last habit was sharpening the saw you know, taking some time out so you can go back in and be more productive. You know, in athletic terms, there's the phrase oscillation, you know, resting after athletic exercise to give the body a chance to recover. And even for me, as someone who practices yoga daily, you know, you have the, um, the term shavasana, which is resting at the end of the yoga practice, giving the, the body a chance to recover. It's something I always savor. You know, there's that sense of the prana or the universal energy that flows through me to, to just settle. And something else that I've, I've begun to always lean into or use in recent times is yoga nidra, which is sometimes called yoga sleep as well. You know, that state of consciousness between waking and sleeping, and you're looking to get to it through a particular practice, um, which itself is restorative. So that's the first type of rest, and it's the most obvious one, physical rest. The second type of rest we all need, again, is one we can probably figure out for ourselves, is mental rest. You know, that sense of being overwhelmed, feeling swamped, uh, unable to switch off, you know, on alert. You know, and here, if we think about the, how would I say, the logical approach to that, it's about taking some short breaks, even if it's just a five minute break uh, in the working day, um, disconnecting from technology. You know, if we can, getting some fresh air or a little bit of physical movement. So we're moving from the head uh, to the body. And again, the body has the wisdom here. You know, the way you might say, I'm going for a walk now just to clear my head. Um, or if we're feeling a little bit frustrated, we'll often sigh, which is a which is a way of changing our breathing patterns. And of course, you know, meditation works here as well, quieting the mind, listening to some soothing music. Um, anything that helps us just to switch off and get out of our heads a little. Related to mental stress is the third type of rest that we can all benefit from, and that's sensory rest. So just think about the lights, the screens, the noise, the constant stimuli, the sensory overwhelm. Sometimes it's a bit like living in the centre of Times Square with all of the screens and the lights and the noise and the, the flashing lights. You know, just take a minute for where you currently are and notice how many devices or screens that you can see. Now, if you're at home, there's probably a television, the phone, an iPad, maybe several iPads. Perhaps if you're out for a walk, you've only got one particular device in your pocket and you're, and you're listening to my dulcet tones. Um, I know sometimes I will ask participants at a workshop, and they're all online nowadays, of course, just to notice how many screens are around them and all of the different devices that will stimulate our senses. You know, and of course, it's common sense um, that sensory rest requires disconnecting and switching off. 
you know, if you think about the analogy of a laptop or, or a PC, you know, if there's loads of programs going on and you're jumping between the different programs and, you know, the laptop begins to run a little bit slowly, well, what do we have to do um, before it crashes? Um, we will switch it off and we'll reboot. And that wisdom is equally applicable to us as people. The fourth type of rest is one that perhaps you wouldn't consider. And I certainly hadn't thought about this until Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith uh, spoke about it. And that's creative rest. So if you think of the, the last year or so and the brainstorming, the lateral thinking, the new solutions to old issues, the idea generation, the creative options, the business pivots, you know, the imagination to keep children entertained when you were homeschooling, you know, even pulling meals together from the contents of cupboards rather than, you know, dashing out to the local shop. All of that required imagination and creativity. And whilst creativity can fuel us and we can feel in the flow and we get energy from creativity, I know I do, you know, any muscle that is overused will get tired. And that's no different with the, with the creative muscle as well. One of the, the things that I find really helps here is uh, music, that soothing sound of music. It tends to calm me down a little or else a little bit of movement, because, again, creativity is a mental exercise. So a bit like the mental rest, you know, moving um, and getting out of our own heads, meditation, uh, music, movement, all the M words will really help here. Um, I'm also a great fan of the book The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And that came out initially, again, what, 20 plus years ago, um, to deal with writer's block and creative blocks. And one of the exercises in her book is morning pages. You may have come across it before, but she is a great advocate of, you know, taking a pen and paper as opposed to typing it, taking a pen and paper. I think it connects the brain with the hand um, and just doing a brain dump on it. Not to do lists or, you know, stuff you should be doing, but just to get everything out of your, your head that's using up energy. And that's something else we can consider here as well as a form of, of creative rest. If we're looking to be doing something to just help the, the creative juices flow again, um, or to just get out of our own minds, as it were. The fifth type of rest that we can all benefit from is emotional rest. And again, this is one that I would not have considered if I hadn't tuned into that talk by Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith on YouTube. But if you think about the volume of caring we do, the empathy we show, uh, the rapport we create with others, you know, saying yes to other people's requests, um, that all requires energy. And whilst we, we wouldn't change that, you know, because that's part of being human, that's part of being helpful, that's part of being approachable, you know, there's still only so much that we can give. And in this area, I'm a great fan of the, the work of Iana Van Sant, the American um, speaker and author, you know, and she's an advocate for feeding people from the saucer, you know, because your cup is overflowing. We could also use the analogy there, the, the well-known analogy of making sure you put your own oxygen mask on first so you can actually be of service to those around you. I think for many of us, we're, we're, our oxygen tanks are low, um, uh, our saucers are low. We could do with a little bit of filling up or, or restoration, as the as the word for the week is. And in this area, 
you know, there's no rights or wrongs. You know, it's not about being unhelpful, but it's also about ensuring we appear on our own well-being agenda as well. It's about trade-offs. You know, what am I saying yes to? What am I saying no to? I'm aware of boundaries as well. You know, when am I just going to switch the phone off, for example? You know, I if you know, how would I say it? You know, I've done plenty of articles and blog posts in the last year or so on the topic of well-being. So there's many more tips and resources that would fall in under this category of emotional rest. Um, if you've not visited my website, jamesweetman.com, in, in a while, certainly scan through past podcast episodes or even blog posts as well for for more for more tips in terms of, of emotional rest and uh, fueling the soul is sometimes a phrase I would use in this context as well. So I have three more types of rest to share with you, and then I'll also share with you some of the practices that I try to apply frequently so I'm getting my fair amount of rest. Uh, the sixth type of rest that we can all benefit from is social rest. Now, again, another one that I wouldn't have considered beforehand. Now, you could say on one hand that with lockdowns and social distancing that we are actually getting some social rest or an opportunity for it at least. Um, but for me, that's not what this one is really about. You know, when I think of the times when I can feel weighed down by the expectations of others, you know, where favours that I'm doing for others somehow turn into commitments, you know, I know I need some social rest when I feel frustrated by others. And that usually means I'm a little bit frustrated with myself as well. You know, add into the mix social media, you know, or at times I would call it anti-social media because some areas of it are quite toxic. Um, and I can certainly need a rest from that too. You know, we'll also have that sense of comparison comes in here, you know, particularly with social media, whereas in the past, maybe we were comparing ourselves to the neighbours, you know, and keeping up with the Joneses. Um, but nowadays with social media and Instagram and all of them, we're comparing ourselves to people around the world. Uh, there's that sense of FOMO or the fear of missing out, you know, and sometimes we have to acknowledge that, you know, comparison is the thief of joy and well-being. And sometimes we just have to take a step back from social media and the temptation for comparison. Something else that's relevant when I think of social rest is some of the, the, the interactions I have with people. Because like some people are like radiators, you know, they light you up. There's a sense of can do and positivity to them and they actually energize you. Unfortunately, some people, they're doing their best, but they can be a little bit like drains. You know, they can take the energy from you. Emotional vampires is sometimes the phrase I use. And in the context of relationships, it's useful here to remember the, the golden rules of relationships. You know, we train or we teach people how to treat us and we cannot change other people. We can only change how we relate to them and in particular how we relate to them not changing. I think those two little rules of relationships perhaps bear some repeating. We train or we teach people how to treat us and we cannot change other people. We can only change how we relate to them and in particular how we relate to them not changing. You know, I know I'm an introvert. That might sound a little bit odd considering the work I do. But for me, I refuel myself in my own company. You know, that's how I will restore myself. And I'm always reminded as well of the the, the quote by Blaise Pascal, which is now, what, 400 years old, you know, 400 years before social media was ever thought of. You know, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. 
and how relevant that still is for us here in 2021. The seventh and last type of rest that Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith referenced is spiritual rest. Now, for me, this is not taking a break from spirituality. Um, I think there's a different there's a different take on it, you know, because for me, spirituality is the connection with the divine, and that's an infinite uh, resource of love. So for me, this one is about resting in my spirituality, which is one of my main fuels. It's one of my main ways of restoring myself. You know, when I'm feeling burnt out and stressed, it's usually because my ego has been running the show. My focus has been on usually trying to control the uncontrollable um, or on individual achievement as opposed to fulfillment. I tend to have drifted into focusing a little bit too much on myself rather than being in collaboration or in creation or of service to others. And, you know, this one for me is all about engaging with something greater than myself, something that helps uh, shape meaning and meaning in my life. I remember a few years ago, I came across a great Oprah quote, and she has so many of them, but it's one that, um, that really struck me when she said, you can never have true fulfillment without a spiritual practice. And I know for sure that that's true for me. So in this area, you know, things like walks in nature, uh, reading spiritual texts, connecting with art, you know, and of course, my daily yoga practice allows me to sink into or rest into my spirituality. Having done some research into the topic of rest and having reflected on it myself and, you know, where I feel tired, there was another form of rest that I think I can benefit from. So it's an additional one I'm adding into the, the work of um, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. And that's a rest from what I would label the hustle or the self-focus. Now, maybe this is peculiar to me and my personality and the nature of what I do, but I think we can all benefit from resting in the pursuit of our goals and objectives and our own personal development. You know, I know many people in large organizations who are on a career ladder and, you know, they have focus on raising profile and getting visible and staying relevant, you know, and that's something that's constantly in their awareness. You know, and I think we can all do a break. <laughs> we can do it a break from that sense of career focus just from time to time, you know, because it allows us just to take the foot off the pedal a little um, to maybe step aside from the striving until you arrive. You know, remember too much of anything is not so good. You know, how can we balance or bring some rest um, into the equation with this one when we think about uh, achievement versus fulfillment as well? And for me, it's back to that old, what is now a cliche of the difference between human doing and human being. But if I was to add one extra ingredient in here, it would be that of appreciation and a sense of gratitude. You know, for me, action without appreciation is what fires or fuels the treadmill, you know, the constant hustle, the, the request for more, more success, more power, more money, more smarts. And after a while, that's just exhausting. You know, I think in the Western world in particular, you know, we, we tend to work or keep going until we drop in our tracks and anything other than that would be labeled lazy. You know, and if you think about it, that is quite sad. So a quick recap on those different types of rest. There was the obvious ones of maybe physical rest, mental rest, then sensory rest from all of that stimuli and screens and technology. Uh, creative rest, emotional rest, social rest, uh, resting into spirituality, and then that last one, maybe I would label it the self-development uh, hustle. 
So I want to close this week's episode by sharing with you my five heavy hitters, as I would phrase them, the practices, which are really all rooted in common sense and accepted wisdom that that I try to um, lean on or use regularly, generally daily, so that I'm feeling rested uh, or as rested as I can. Uh, the first one is probably quite obvious, and that's about disconnecting from technology and other screens. You know, I've never had a television in my bedroom and growing up, and I, and I still don't. And it's funny if I'm in a hotel or away on holidays when I can remember back to those days, rarely would the television be switched on. You know, sensory, emotional, mental and social energy goes into browsing your phone when you're propped up on your pillow at nighttime. And that's something that I also avoid. You know, and I've spoken before about how I'm quite mercenary when it comes to controlling the inputs that go into my brain. You know, and I'm speaking here about news feeds and, you know, how I will avoid news channels with constant breaking news. You know, I don't need a news editor to determine what I focus on or how I should be feeling. And I will stay informed, but it's something that I uh, want to control myself. So disconnecting from technology at certain times, uh, digital detox is perhaps the modern phrase for it, is, uh, is certainly point number one for me. The second one is really an extension of the first one, which is purposely taking breaks. Now, I'm the sort of person who can sort of do multitasking fairly well. You know, I'm a good organiser. I teach time management and organisational skills. I know how to get things done. I know how to be productive and effective and to work through a to-do list. I know the times of the day when I'm most productive, etc., etc. But there comes a time when I just need to take a break. Because if you don't take a break, you know, I think you're on the road to break down, you know, and even in current times, if you think about some of the buffers that are no longer present, you know, the buffer of the commute between uh, home life and work life. So something that I've purposely put time and effort into in recent times is is having a few little buffers or breaks for myself. So there's there's moments of distinction between the different roles I occupy in life or the, the different activities or tasks I'm involved in. And some of those breaks may be an hour or two during the day, uh, you know, where possible or where I feel I need it. Um, or maybe it's just a two, three or five minute break uh, between tasks, between meetings. And I'll try to work my diary accordingly so that I can facilitate that time for me. They're almost like mini meetings with myself if I want to put my business hat on. The third thing that I'm doing to get my uh, fair amount of rest um, is it's a strange one for me, I have to say, because it's fairly new. And that's music. Now, I came across a quote uh, recently by Plato, so that makes it, what, over 2,000 years old. And it says, you know, music gives a soul to the universe, wings to the mind, flight to the imagination, a charm to sadness, gaiety and life to everything. It is the essence of order and leads to all that is good and just and beautiful. Now, of course, it's typical of me to be reading something about what is an aural thing, uh, music, um, and, you know, maybe it's because I've always been more of a reader than a music fan, you know, but nothing soothes me more than, you know, nice, gentle music, you know, a tune in the background. Maybe it's even a piece of classical music. So recently I've been digging out some CDs because I have plenty of them, but haven't listened to them in an age. And I'm putting them on so I have nice music in the background, maybe instead of the habit of a TV droning. And I have to say that that's really helping when it comes to, to rest and my own well-being. 
know, anyone who follows me on Instagram will know, in addition to some of the baking pictures I put up, um, there's also plenty of photographs that I take in nature, you know, particularly this time of the year, whether it's flowers or blossoms or, you know, green fields, you know, the local park, um, because nature is something else that really fuels me and allows me to, to rest as well. You know, the sense of fresh air, going for a walk. In in recent weeks when the weather has gotten better and the, the travel restriction was extended a little, I've been doing a longer walk with my, my sister every Saturday. I find it quite invigorating. We're able to get out into the countryside. You can see nature. You can hear birds. You know, and this time of the year when the weather is, is better and the days are longer, there's greater scope for that. Um, I know I breathe more deeply when I'm enveloped in nature. You know, the fresh air soothes me. Uh, the wide landscape stir my soul, reminding me that we're all part of a bigger picture or a higher consciousness. You know, thankfully, I've also got a, a nice garden that I can enjoy in a park close by. You know, and even if I can't be in nature, I'll try to bring some nature into me, whether that's a, a bunch of flowers in the kitchen. Um, the hashtag I use on Instagram is often nature is my church. So as well as maybe physical rest and mental rest and sensory rest and emotional rest, it's also allowing me to rest into my spirituality. So with all of these practices that I have, I'm looking for them to tick all of the different boxes of the different types of rest that I need. The last point I want to share with you, the, the last of my practices for ensuring I feel balanced or rested, it might sound like an odd one, but it's simply making the decision that I'm saying yes to my own well-being. You know, I want to do something proactively every day that's just for me. You know, it helps me relax or it helps me connect with my deeper nature. And over the, the last few months, what this has really come down to for me is a morning routine so I can start the day feeling restored um, and, and ready to sort of get into the day and, and feeling in control of my day and feeling balanced. Um, and the biggest components of my morning routine, which lasts usually between 30 and 60 minutes, is uh, is my morning yoga practice uh, followed by meditation and the two of them work work beautifully for me um, when I've drifted from this practice, and that hasn't happened in a while because it's way too precious to me, but when I have drifted from it, I just feel off, I don't feel balanced, I don't feel restored, you know, I feel a little bit wobbly as it were. Now, there are two resources here that I want to share with you, and it sounds somewhat ironic because um, these are technology-based resources, but technology can be a terrific handrail or support when we use it consciously. I've spoken before about the app Insight Timer. If you've not checked it out, it's a wonderful resource. There is a paid section to it, but I've been using the free one for years with access to thousands of talks and meditations and even just some, some beautiful, beautiful, relaxing music. And then from, from a yoga perspective, again, so many resources and teachers online, but the one that I've been going back to again and again is Yoga with Adrian. That's A-D-R-I-E-N-E. -E. Uh, she's an American lady. She's based in Texas, te Texas, Austin, Texas. Um, but I have to say she's my favorite one and she's probably one of the more popular ones as well. I just love her style and her, her approach and her big heart. You know, so I usually have her voice in my ears at about half seven every morning. So they're just two little follow-up resources for you if it's something that interests you. So there we go this week. I hope you found listening in restful <laughs> um, and it's maybe given you some ideas. I'll close with a question. You know, how can you gift yourself some rest in the next few days? Because we can all benefit from it. 
And I'm reminded too of the, the great Elizabeth Gilbert's words in Eat, Pray, Love, where she references the, uh, the Italian phrase, dolce vaniente, you know, the sweetness of doing nothing. Um, and isn't that a lovely thought to contemplate? So thank you for tuning in and until next week.